Hi, everyone. This week, we speak with Julia Haber from Weave, who had an idea in college about how to connect brands with college students. They provide brand partners with unique spaces to engage with college students who primarily focus on fashion technology and other areas. She discusses how she pitched companies like AT&T to collaborate with her on her in-person pop-ups while growing her business from interns to hiring full-time employees. Hope you guys enjoy. Oh, and if you like this episode, please follow us on Instagram and make sure to subscribe on our podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back here. One question XYZ, Carl Radke and my favorite host, co-host. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Dolly Strong here. And we've got a special guest. Will you introduce yourself, please? Thank you so much for having me. I am Julia Haber, and I'm so happy to be here today. Fellow Newhouse, yeah. Syracuse, shout out. Go, go, go Orange. Yeah. Love that. Get left out of this whole community. It's a yeah. real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. Wow. I love, like, I don't meet a lot of Newhousers, but when I do. There's there, some kind of connection. There's, there's good feels. For sure. I love that. Yeah. Well, so, wait, when did you graduate from Syracuse? Last year, 2018. Wow. What did you yeah, study fresh in? Fresh blood. What did you study in Newhouse? I started with PR, and I was gung-ho on doing fashion PR, and I realized I'm the worst writer ever, um, and I switched to advertising. Well, I, it's funny you say that, because I started at that new house as a broadcast journalism, and I realized that I don't, I'm not, like, good at editing yeah. my own tapes, and I don't want to, you know, be a broadcaster in, like, Lynchburg, right. Virginia, when I start my career. I thought you just, like, graduate from yeah, college. Yeah, maybe you just make it. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to be on ESPN. Yeah. So I transitioned into television. Eventually, yeah. eventually right? Yeah. Yeah. Takes some time. Um, anyway. So, Julie and I actually met at Wharton two weeks ago. Exactly, mm-hmm. to the day, right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago. And it was raining also. It was raining. It was gross out. Um, yeah. How did you get involved in that event? It was uh, Wharton, no, it was Penn, Penn Fashion, Fashion Week. Week. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so, my business is college based. And um, one of the things we do on campus before we determine if a school is a good fit for us is we scout out campuses and meet with groups and students, et cetera. And I got connected to Chrissy Walker, who is the president of Penn Fashion Week. And she invited me on the spot to be a speaker in like, like earlier in that first semester, maybe February. Um, and she actually now works for me and she's yeah. a rock star. So. It's amazing that it was able to transition so, so quickly. So you just yeah. graduated you're like already doing all this stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, you have to be, right? Tell us like, more. If you're I gra- an entrepreneur, it like burns inside of you. You have Fully. to build something. Yeah. So were you working in college? So I I started Wave kind of informally my freshman year of college. And Newhouse was always my dream school. And I didn't really think about anything else about Syracuse. Syracuse, I always said, great, whatever, I'm going for the program. Didn't really realize it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, worse than Illinois. Yeah. Like one of the fifth most dangerous cities in the country. And it's the wow. second most precipitous city in the United States. Seriously. Wow, you guys know so much information. This about is what you know. <laughs> but you go there because it's the best school in the country for yep. what it is, communications. And I sucked it up and I went and I realized, okay, I'm not going to just sit here and be miserable my whole college experience. Right. I want to make the most out of it. So my freshman year, um, I came up with this idea to basically create a pop-up shop in this highly trafficked area on campus in Marshall Square Mall. Um, you know the whole thing. I do, Marshall Square Mall. Yeah, it's like really a shack in there. Is it it's still doing nice. okay? I don't know. May close down, I'm not yeah, sure. It's I probably was the reason why it's still open. <laughs> well, and is, Ma- is Maggie still there? I don't know who that is. No, it's a bar. Oh, no, closed. Close. And Cosmos, everything. All closed. Yeah. So Chuck's okay. closed. Chuck's is closed. So wait, closed. what's in this town? There's no town. It's like a little, it's like a. It's a street. It's like a strip. It's like the same length of like 27th. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it sounds like there's nothing to do there. Yeah, there's nothing. No, there's wow. Nothing. That's why I did you, this. You literally stay inside and like build a business, mm-hmm. listen to music, watch basketball. Yep. And eat food. Yep. 
So now Syracuse has become the number one for building entrepreneurs, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> actually, it's like number three ranked. So you get a pop-up in March Scroll. Yes. So I Your knew, freshman year? Yeah. Wow. So I said, okay, I want to do this as a marketplace for entrepreneurs to sell their products because there was really no ecosystem for entrepreneurship on campus. And I said, let's bring them all together. Um, and I said, no one's going to go if we don't have a brand that people recognize. So finagled my way to get AT&T to sponsor the pop How do you finagle AT&T? I don't want to hear it. Like, do you just call them up? This is the epitome of me. You probably have Verizon, which is even better. I do have Verizon, <laughs> but I didn't tell them that. Um, I found the regional manager in Syracuse and walked up to the dean of Newhouse and I said, I really need you to support me on this. Can we please connect with this guy and just get him to fund the experience? And they end up putting like fifty grand in for this pop up. Wow, and that's a lot for that's a pop up. Insane as a yeah. freshman. Yeah. Wow. Um, Did you have to guarantee anything? Were there any deliverables? I totally want it. I I don't even know. I wow. they I think they were just like this girl's crazy. So I'm just what what do we have to lose? Like it's a good press release. Yeah. And they basically said powered by AT and T, and we had student entrepreneurs sell their product, and we also had corporate companies. So Lululemon had a store like in uh, Armory Square, yep. and it was closing down because. There's no, no, there, like no one leaves campus because it's scary. And um, I said, okay, you're closing. Let's take all the inventory and sell it. And they ended up making a tremendous amount of money that I can't disclose the number that was astronomical. And the average spend was over $500 per student, which wow. was like. Because basically no one insane. leaves the campus because right. obviously it is a very dangerous city. Right. Um, but wow. So wait, was there other companies besides Lulu there? We had Steiner Sports um, and a couple others that like Treehouse and some other smaller is, is companies. Is Jay Michaels still there? They're still there. Jay Michaels. Is, that was the one story that was yeah. actually. It's sustained. Yeah. So um, how long did you have to pitch AT and T before they before they decided to jump in? I honestly think I've blacked out from that point, but I do <laughs> think that it was like at least a couple months, um, and it was a lot of finagling. But once they did it, they just kind of cut the check, and they were f- giving it to Syracuse, basically, not to me, because uh, okay. um, this was an entity. It was basically funding student innovation at school, and then so we, you were an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like intra extra because there, there was, it didn't really exist and I wasn't really, they were just using it as Syracuse as like a, a statement, but there was nothing in the school that was supporting me besides a couple faculty members. So we worked with all these student companies, which was amazing. And they realized, okay, no one's really going to these student entrepreneurs. There isn't that level of like interest or awareness, but the corporate companies there totally are. Um, and I really tabled it and I was like, I don't really know what just happened here, but I'm also a freshman and I'm going to think about it for a second. And I got really lucky and I ended up interning at Spotify my sophomore year, doing a lot of internal ad strategy for their new product launches of like internal products. And it was an amazing experience because I have a design background and it allowed me to see how that process goes in bringing in other clients and an international company. It was amazing. Then did you make any money off of the pop-up that you did? Fully, no. I got a sweatshirt. Wow. Yeah. I still look at that in my closet. You... That sounds painful. It was yeah. painful. Yeah. I was a little bitter, but they gave me must my... Be a, must be a great sweatshirt. I know. I, it's, it's like folded beautifully and never worn. So well, how, did, how did you secure the Spotify internship? A lot of interviews, a lot I mean, of... Just, like cold outreach? I knew... My aunt worked at um, 
Ralph Lauren, who knew somebody who left, who worked in HR um, at Spotify. and I feel like even getting a job at Spotify would be really hard, but getting an internship, I feel like, would be even harder. And I was a sophomore, and I was really not supposed to be hired because everybody was a grad student. And did you get credit? Um, no, I got paid. You got a paid oh, internship? That's even better. A very You're a rock star. Well-paid internship. I will never make that much money again. But... It was just a really cool Hopefully experience. Hopefully you will Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I make it. Um, um, did you know that, well, when you launched this pop-up, was it mm-hmm. called Wave? Did you actually know what this was going to be? We called or? it Pop-Up with the up arrow. Cute. Okay. It, it needed some work, but it was So how did it transition to your current company, Wave? So actually, the most pivotal thing that I did was I ended up interning at Snapchat um, my junior year. And... That was an unbelievable experience, and I did a lot of the literal designing of ad campaigns for clients, Um, and my team was unbelievable and gave me a lot of responsibility, which told me a lot about the digital ad space because that's where everything really was going at that time. It was a couple years ago. Obviously, things have changed a little bit since then, but um, really, it was an amazing learning experience to work with clients in that way, but to see the deliverables from the advertising side, there was not that level of love in a way that you could connect um, with people in person, and obviously, we all get a million ads, but there's no way to build love. And I said, okay, there has to be something where we can take the physical and the brands and the college students, which are all really need to be intertwined and create basically a foolproof formula for that. And then my second semester of senior year, I wrote the business plan and ended up competing in a bunch of pitch competitions and then started when I graduated in May full time. So Rent the Runway was part of the process, Mm -hmm. right? They were part of your first pop-up? Yeah, they were the real first wave pop-up, which was a beta. Um, We did it again in Marshall Square Mall in a different place. And they were amazing. I worked with their college marketing team, and we basically created a whole experience that was very beta. Um, But we had like 85% of the campus come in a day and a half. It was absurd. And the first day was exclusive to influencers on campus, which were like the presidents of clubs or the most followed people on Instagram, kind of a combo platter. And we didn't promote it at all. And the turnout was insane. And it was just a really positive experience. Amazing. And so, like, tell us about Wave. What is it? What is it meant to be? Yeah. So initially it started as being basically a company that builds really custom pop-up experiences for the college market, only the college market for private schools in the middle of nowhere, um, which is, like, 2,400 campuses in the U.S. Um, because there isn't that level of kind of competition for eyeballs as if you're in NYU or at USC or UCLA where there's so much stimuli, um, it gives us a really great breeding ground. So we connect college students and brands as a consumer-facing brand. So we're not an agency, um, but we basically take the best of our knowledge on each campus and apply it for brands and allow them to tell their story through these pop-ups. So but it, yeah. Sorry, I was gonna, how do you make money? So there's a couple ways. You charge a fee or you take a percentage of what they sell through your... So we're an anti-point-of-purchase model. So really our goal is not for brands to necessarily track through sales. It's going to happen because we do all limited edition inventory, um, custom SKUs for every campus we go to. So there's this level of scarcity. Um, But it's really about relationship building. So they pay a partnership fee and then an activation fee for the number of campuses. But from that, we had the craziest response from students, which I didn't anticipate. We have something like 45,000 students who have signed up to be part of our community, which is 
absurd because it's really by, by yeah. mean, like, so they've given their name their phone number they filled out a survey and the level of which they want to be involved and then we've basically categorized them into different areas and are working with them through that so wow. name phone number and survey so you're capturing phone number above email mm-hmm. so we want to be the way we want to communicate is texting um, not through email because also, when you graduate, you lose your your S- .edu, S-Y-R-E-D-U. You never forget. Never forget. That's funny. Um, and we want it to be more personal and emotional and relationship building. So we've gone beyond just the pop-ups, and that's how we connected last week at yeah. an event we did in person with some influencers that we realized that there's only so many campuses we're going to go to in person, but we have kids from University of Oklahoma and, and all of these places they'll probably never go to, but they want to be connected with. So let's create offerings for them as well. So it's basically gone from being just a pop-up brand, but to be a consumer-facing brand to the college market that connects college students and brands that need to connect. Right. So that was the event that I spoke on the panel. Nice. Um, so... It's interesting because I think that you have like this core demo that everybody's looking for Mm -hmm. and they're looking to build relationships with. So how are you able to position that strategically to some of these brands? Like what is your pitch to them? Yeah, I think it's if there's one theme, I would say it's access um, because there's such limited access to these students in general. um, Let alone in person. So in person is another level because there's a huge barrier to entry on college campuses, which is why this hasn't been done before. There's a huge issue when brands say, okay, I want to basically mooch off of your students and just connect with them and sell my product. That's really not the angle we're taking. We're college student first. Um, So we, all our experiences are staffed by students. So the brands train us and we train the students. Um, It's all a leadership opportunity that we have a growth strategy so that it's a hireable skill for these schools and we're bringing access to things that the school is never going to be able to provide and then eventually we'll sell data back to the schools so that they can actually understand their students because there's no way so the pitch to the brands is basically it's very hard to get in front of students and shake their hands and build relationships with them let alone having their friends pitch it to them so the experiences are the kid who sits in your bio class um, telling you about something you love right so it's the access and it's the knowledge that we have to all these different kinds of schools because every school is so different and it's hard to just generalize college students. Right. So I'm sure you've hit some walls. I'm sure there have been For a ton sure. of barriers. What do some of those look like and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I think it's just the a lot of the a lot of the initial startup things. Right. Like where do I even go? How do I even begin? Because I did this right out of college. So there's obviously no foolproof strategy. Um, but the walls have been basically being able to orchestrate all of these factors because we're not just an agency, we're consumer facing to the students. We also have the community of students we have to work with and then we have to work closely with the brands like an agency. So it's just been the combo platter of just trying to manage everybody has been the struggle for sure. Now, how, how big, like how many people on your team? So again, so super scrappy. Yeah. I'm the one full time, but we have four paid consultants that designers, you know, engineers, contractors who do the building and the customization um, and the design thinking. And then I have 15 interns. I can't even call them interns because they're basically full-time employees. Now, but How did you get your interns? It's been crazy. It's I mean, kind of like word of mouth. I'm looking for an intern for something. How I can I, help you. I have a huge one? database. Like, how do you find one? 
Um, it's, it's been something on Instagram. No, it's been like a trial and error. People have referred me to people or like Chrissy. I met her at Penn. I said, you are amazing. I need you to work with me. And I've tried people. I've fired people. I've kept people, you know, it's, it's a process, but, but are they paid interns or they're volunteering their time? Do they get credit? They get, they get credit. Um, and then two of them are paid. Um, but it's a combo and we're going to be hiring four people in the next month or so full time, which will be good. So. I'm blown away. No, yeah. like, I feel so like I'm. I've gra- I've been graduated now, almost ten years. I graduated in two thousand seven. Yeah, twelve years I've been graduated, and I literally have not accomplished what you've accomplished. And literally, like, just that's not true. I mean, I think it's a different level, right? Yeah, like, and it's but, a different uh, level of interest too. When you're yeah. an entrepreneur, this is like bursting out of you. Like it sure. doesn't matter yeah. how much you fight it. You, yeah, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, it's just it's impressive. Thank I mean, you. especially like your freshman year, you're like already basically doing two things at the same time, school and building this. So I met your dad, right? That was your dad. (laughs) Um, Do you feel like you've had like, and this is another issue for entrepreneurs, you have to have, it it takes a team, right? Like you really need like support from uh, your your personal network. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like he's been super supportive and he gets what you're doing and he understands the market or has that taken a while for you to educate him? Yeah. So my mom is a therapist. I come from a long family with I think I have like eight therapists in my family and my dad's an attorney so two careers that really do not are not about experiential marketing yeah <laughs> so from the level of education it, that's definitely I don't go to them and say okay what this is my business strategy problem I need some help necessarily but they have been just the most supportive people I could have ever imagined I have like my grandfather was an entrepreneur so there's always been this kind of rhetoric where they've instilled in me that if you have something, if you have an idea, if you're passionate about something, you can do anything. Yeah. And kind of the story they told my brother is you're going to change the world. And those two different stories manifested into who we are today tremendously. Um, And my parents have been unbelievably supportive and just the best cheerleaders. So if I didn't have that, I can't say that I would be sitting here today. Have you raised money for this business or how do you, how are you funding this operation? Totally bootstrapping right now. Um, So I won a bunch of money in pitch competitions in college, which was the best thing I've ever done because it really forced me to stand in front of very large audiences and articulate a business in four minutes. And that I was that wasn't even real, um, and it gave me really a great skill set and some capital. And then I got a convertible note from a college-based VC called Dorm Room Fund. And oh wow, that's fantastic! Very cool. So, I'm just thinking about like everything that you're doing, and part of it is about building the community and building trust, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that becomes it really becomes part of your marketing strategy. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I think the big thing is transparency with these students. Everybody feels gypped. Everybody feels like they are being, their information is being taken from them. They're not getting anything in return. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you're not really getting access to anything cool. And there's this level of like resentment. Right. Um, And our goal is really to just be positioned to be that trusted ally to the college market. And the trust in that has been slow growing because we're not anything yet but it was an intentional move to be a brand so that there was that level of trust um and that takes time to build a community but there is common threads that we're continuing to weave in through curated custom tailored experiences um that really resonate with students no why, why the name wave did i miss that no but your your name guy i'm a huge name guy. i know i always ask it's like yeah. I, where did the name come from tell us we went through a bunch of iterations but the whole 
point of this company was to be really immersive and emotional and connect you in a really personal way. And there's nothing more immersive than being literally under a wave. Yeah. Um, or going or riding the waves, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and then also because we're a platform that allows brands to connect, there's the single most connective thing internationally is a wave. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like the combo platter. Yeah. No, that's like good. That. I like that. I like that a lot. So uh, you do pop-ups, but they're they're sporadic, right? Like they're, they're it's not like something's happening every single day. Right. So obviously you're filling uh, your social platforms with content. How do you create some of that content? Where does it come from? Do you have like a content calendar? Yeah, so I really don't run that. I have two amazing um, interns who do, and we do a lot of community spotlights. So we have take we take people from throughout the different campuses, and they share their story and give them a platform to talk about things. But there's seven months out of the year we can do pop-ups, and then the rest we have to fill with other programming. So that's why we do these speaker series, and we right. do a live series that we stream into classrooms, and, a lo- and we're doing an event this summer I'm really excited about called meet wave for high school seniors um who are graduating going to college so much anxiety you don't know anybody there's these awkward meetups where you can't actually connect so we're doing an experience targeted just for 500 high school graduating seniors they'll all get rfid wristbands and when you get in proximity to somebody going to your school it'll light up in the school collar so they can communicate and connect and they'll all be branded so there's content ways in that way, but also just the community building. Side. Now, is this isolated to Syracuse or every school? Every single school yeah. in the United States. Mm-hmm. So how do you like? That seems how do you like, manage that? It's like yeah. daunting. Like how do you handle all that? For the event, for the summer, yeah. just in general, I think like oh. creating the content and then also for the event. Yeah, totally overwhelming. We're targeting Northeast campuses, communities here, so it's like the tri-state area, sure. and then we'll do one in LA and Miami and Chicago, but we're betaing in. Um, New York. It kind of reminds me of like when Facebook first came out because I was a sophomore at Syracuse. It only was like nine schools. It was one of the early campuses, it was, right? It was like one of the first ten yeah. in the Northeast, but it was like isolated there. But obviously, we yeah. you know where Facebook went. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of early. We had early access too. Um, where do I get a wave shirt? Are you guys selling any merch? I actually have some stickers, but we're doing we're the summer. We're going to do some custom collaborations with brands because we basically realized we have this massive database of students that we want to constantly re-engage and our whole platform is about giving experiences they can't get so we're going to do some product collabs and basically consult on how, what a cool design would be and then give it exclusively to our network so we're working on some new swag who, who, some stickers. Who, would be, who would be like your ideal partner or collab it's hard because every school is different. My personal, yeah, per, like personal, I would, I was gonna guess like Lululemon, but oh, you I think just, I'm like that basic? No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you, it's only because you said Lululemon earlier. Yeah, but. you want to hear something funny? I think yeah. it'd be a really good collab for you. Yeah, it would be like a Hanes or a Fruit of the Loom. Mm-hmm. I've seen you in these A shirts, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like something so simple yeah. with like a wave. I don't know, maybe design. Maybe it's like. Um, you bring in different artists mm-hmm. to to decorate like it. Yeah. I love that. Well, yeah. so Supreme did something with Hanes. Yeah, and like it's hilariously awesome because yeah. it's like the most basic like like white socks, white underwear. Yeah, and it's like Supreme. And they did the T-shirts so with Hanes too. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when your brand really can kill it you can when you have yeah like Supreme and trash cans. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> like seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred dollars, <laughs> and people wait in line for hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cheap. That's <laughs> the power of brand, which yeah. is crazy. So when you're talking about like the community that you've developed, mm-hmm. is it like 
let's say I was in the wave community, mm -hmm. how do I access like the content? Is it Instagram or is it you know, like an actual like website where people go and like log in? And how do you connect with other people in the community? This has been a really big challenge for us because we get hundreds of DMs every day and don't know where to place people basically. Right. So we've decided there's a couple categories. One is the massive network where we just basically say we slide into your DMs when there's something relevant to you because we're not going to bother you otherwise. Then there's the um, elite network, which is like 150 of our most engaged students. They what, what does that mean? Whether they DM us 100 times or they want to be involved in something or they do a takeover or they want to give feedback on something, they just want to be more engaged. And we continue to add people to that, but we still want their, this level of like exclusivity to it. Um, and they don't necessarily need to be from campuses we're going to. It's just a good reach opportunity. They are basically our mouthpiece to the world. Um, and then we have um, campus leads. So these campus leads applied for this position. We interviewed them and they were selected to be the most representative of their campus and they'd be able to orchestrate if we needed to be on campus. Um, and that's a whole nother level. And we have one per school. And then if there's multiple amazing people, we hire teams basically per each campus. I mean, it sounds like you're almost like you're, you've like hired, you're like hiring people. It's almost like a, like a, like a training center for yeah. like, but professional jobs. Like, I feel like you have these brands and companies that you're yeah. kind of catering to these students, but they also are looking for something to do after they graduate. Right. So is there Definitely. an element of like a, you're like a training center almost. Well, it's for almost sure. like bridging the gap, right? Yeah. Where yeah. I know a lot of people that are graduating school right now and they might not necessarily have something that they can jump into. So mm -hmm. you don't want a gap in your resume. What can I get involved with post-graduation? Mm -hmm. How can you prepare me for the real world? Because yeah. that's the other element with school. They don't always prepare you for the real world. No. Right? No. So I think that th some of those elements are missing and there's, right. there's a need. And give the contacts to give you the support because I get so many messages all the day all the time of people saying, I don't know anybody. How did you even get anything? And right. It's a, it's a hustle. Um, but we want to give basically like a survival kit to kids. And there's a way, you know, we're trying to just make it plug and play so that it's easy for brands to hire students who have worked our experiences because they clearly have been vetted to be good fits to represent brands. You, right? you bring up something interesting because I get a lot of DMs as well. Yeah. <laughs> Not you definitely get more DMs than I do. But I think like when Instagram is missing and I'm curious your thoughts is yeah. like, that is, it's all entire ecosystem that is so unmanageable for no reason. Like why, like the most important part of Instagram is the messaging. Yeah. And it, it, you cannot manage it. I showed her some, like, I yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's insane. Like, and they disappear after a certain amount of time, right? Exactly. And there's just no way to manage it. Like, you can't search it really. Nope. Right. No, but it's like right. more important than I think texting or email at this point. I agree. So like, I don't, like literally how do you manage your DMs? You just don't? Sometimes they just sit. So like, just fall through the cracks. Yeah. And, and that's, it's like, that's such a missed opportunity. I know. And, pro and for you as well, and I think it's, I think it's a protective measure from Instagram that they almost don't want to be like Snapchat, where it's like a one-to-one -one texting platform. Yeah. Um, but I do think Meanwhile, that your measure, uh, your opportunity to connect with people is going to be through text messages, right. right? So it's interesting that, like, yeah, it might be protective, but I think they're missing the opportunity in terms sure. of how we're we're communicating. They should use some kind of like machine learning or something to understand like the relevance of the message to you. Right. Like if people are like, oh my god, you looked great in the last Bravo episode, like <laughs> delete. Yeah, no, that, you know? that's a huge part of it. But like, I I don't know. Like, it, usually when it's like serious, I always yeah. have to take it to a cell phone. It's like, okay, text me because this is yeah. a mess here. I need like right. to actually understand what's going on. Same thing. Right. Now, do you still use Snapchat? I deleted Snapchat. Just saying. So it's still on my phone, and I you don't use it. I knew it. Um, I feel which bad platforms about do you that. Use? <laughs> I, 
I love Snapchat as the model of the business. Do I, am, I totally drank the Kool-Aid when I was there. I loved it. I get it. I think it makes sense. I think there's holes in it that are, there's reasons why people don't use it anymore. I don't. Because it, it was a Kylie Jenner. Yeah. But it's totally. funny because no. that didn't personally impact no. me. Did it impact you? No, but, it, but it, it impacted the entire community as a whole. It was the same thing when MySpace uh, was relevant and then they weren't, right? Like, if people are jumping ship and people aren't there, then there's not enough right. of a community to, to to build relationships, right? So it's, it's not just so, worth your time. There's no, like, profile. It's, like, just no. so bad. Like, nothing exists. Right. It's all Look, they did something really well. They they embraced the concepts of uh, deleting messages, right? So yeah. making them very timely, making them immediate, and if you if you don't find a way to engage in real time, then it goes away. I actually think that, funny enough, AOL did the best job at real time. AIM. Whatever happened to AIM. I'm away from my computer right now. They didn't pay attention, so I talk about this in my classes. They didn't pay attention to the market, and did you know that... They they still charge thirty four ninety nine to be a part of AOL. Wow. So they didn't pay attention to the market. <sighs> Google came in. They offered free email. Everybody was like, "We're not paying for email anymore." Yeah. So that was the mis- biggest missed opportunity. That being said, AIM did a great job at making conversations real time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like social media. We keep saying it's real time. It's not really real time, right? Like you can respond hours later. You can respond the next day. You could even respond like a week later. It's mm-hmm. still. It doesn't matter in terms of relevancy, but. Um, that being said, Snapchat did a great job at making it real-time conversations. What right? they also did well was making it, and Evan Spiegel always said this, was like turning the camera on you and allowing you to tell your story right. via image. And right. I think that's why it still exists because these younger generations don't text anymore. They just share paper pictures of their faces and write text over it and I think that's great but that's just not where they monetized so I don't know how that really works for their business model but I, I get it. it I think there's a place for it Is right? there, what are your thoughts on LinkedIn it's been the greatest tool I think it gets a little spammy I, I love LinkedIn I like LinkedIn for this reason because you know when someone looks at your profile page that's imagine great. if you added that feature to every other social platform like yeah. if you saw no, you Instagram. don't want to know all that information. It's but I, too much. But I, like, I, for example, I people slide into my LinkedIn messages off of, based on Bravo. Like I have people now going there, like, "Hey, I love you." Like, blah blah blah. Oh, that's for, weird. For a professional right, purpose or no, personal? Because of because of the TV show. Seriously, right. I have girls sliding into my D, my LinkedIn messages. It's you crazy. respond? I mean, I just like you know how like it gives you like yeah. auto responses. Thanks. Like, Thanks. <laughs> Pleasure to meet. <laughs> But no, I'm just like I'm curious, like with your what you're building. Wait, you said the same thing. You said it's spammy. I'm super selective on LinkedIn. Like I actually don't accept a majority of people oh, I that add. Oh, uh, you do? Yeah. yeah. What am I doing wrong here? I feel like I sh- I feel like when I accept somebody, it means like I really vouch for you. Like if somebody were to look at who I'm connected with, I vouch for all those people. That's really great quality. I wish yeah, I could say the same. I, I accept everybody because I just want to like build my my audience. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I've been in situations where. I will say, oh my God, do you know that person? I want to connect with them. And they'll be like, fully no, it's, I don't know them, but you can name drop me because they may recognize my name, but I don't actually know them. And usually that works. Um, It's strange because it's not like you actually know them, but there's some reason why you were requested to connect or something. But, I mean, the people who are, like, trying to sell you software, like, I don't accept that. No, but, yeah. You know? Yeah. I was that guy, too, when I sold software. <laughs> you <laughs> you said everybody. I mean, yeah, you, you, you send an email and then write them on LinkedIn and then oh, call wow. them, like, two minutes later. Oh, that's, I'm, that's a, really, I'm a sales guy. That's yeah. really tiring. It's exhausting. It's a lot of work. Yeah. That's why I'm 
That's why yeah, you're here. That's why I'm not I don't doing think software. I would have accepted your request on LinkedIn. Not anymore. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, delete, I'm unfollowing you from LinkedIn. If you, <laughs> you can't. We share things on LinkedIn. But if you would have said that to me initially, I don't think we would have been connected. I feel like that would have, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's very cool. interesting to hear user behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, like, what are some of the most valuable relationships you've built and mm-hmm. how have you been able to like apply them towards your company? I love that question because the reason I this happens today is because of the connections I've made with people. But it, no, no one gave me connections. This yeah. is like, like I said, my dad's a lawyer, my mom's a therapist. Like, really not helping me here. And <laughs> by the way, having well, a dad as a lawyer, me- mentally is one of the and best legally, things. you're yeah. covered. Right, <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's true. But I get it. There's but industry wise, not really. And I totally hacked college. I fully would say that I would basically make creative assignments for my professors so that I didn't need to take any tests because I'm really not a great test taker. And I would basically say, Hey, listen, like I'll design this amazing interactive study guide for all of your students a week before the test. And by the way, it helps me learn the material so that you don't need to make a study guide and I'll just do it for you. And you grade that instead of a test. Wow. And they were okay with that. Some like I've had professors slam the door in my face, but by and large, they're like, great. Love it. I don't care. And it allowed me to really hack it. So I'm sitting in bed watching Netflix, like designing the study guide instead of you probably learned a lot more so much yeah just doing that as also design stuff it was really helpful to teach me those skills more but i need need to see these study guides i'll send them to you like science 101 like math it's crazy i should sell them but um you should sell them by doing that (laughs) i had to basically build a relationship with every professor because they they had to believe in me and invest in me to actually do that and i always say like just shake their hand and get to know them i'm sure you feel that way as a professor as well the people who make an actual relationship with you and take the time like well those are the ones that are memorable right right. so like especially people that participate if you Mm -hmm. participate a lot now you're on my radar if you're kind of quiet in class the likeliness of me remembering you is going to be lower so so i think it's also it's how much of an effort are you willing Mm -hmm. to make so what you're being graded on it look i think tests can be very difficult because some people just don't test well that's a true statement right so like So some people aren't able to to excel in that. And I don't think that that's a great way of measuring whether or not they understand the information. Right. Um, I think the study guides, like the reality is, would that have worked 10 years ago? Definitely not, right? But now people are adjusting their mindsets. They're aware that we as um, just like people, Mm -hmm. uh, we consume information differently. We learn differently. And I think we're going to have to see multiple iterations of what, how we learn in terms of what the future looks like. Yeah, it's definitely not accepted across the board. No, yeah, 100%. And I don't think it will be for a long time, but it is important to be able to kind of, like, figure out the way you learn best and then just run with it. Because, like, if I ever have to do anything in math or accounting, or and I will hire people for that because my brain just doesn't work like that. But it's really taught me how to connect with people and, and advocate for myself, which has been the only reason why, like, things happen relationship building what are some of the biggest skills that you've taken away uh just being in school hmm 
being in school, I think you can't look at college at face value. You can't think of it as social and classroom. And a lot of people don't think of it as this like middle ground opportunity for a lot of growth because you'll never be in such a cushioned environment where people just genuinely want to help you and they're there to better students' lives. Right. And I don't think people think in a non-traditional way enough. And if I didn't start this in college, I wouldn't do I probably wouldn't have done it because I knew that I had the entrepreneurial center my mentor professors there was a lawyer who was a discount like there's like so many resources that people just don't think about in college in the same way that they would about you know like doing well on a test so I would say just think about it as a larger opportunity than just social and academic so I, I always ask this question to our guests is there something like I mean, it sounds like you're killing it to me, but have you screwed something up? And like, can you share with that experience, like what, what you did and what you learned from it? So I didn't screw up necessarily, but it was a really big, oh my God, what am I going to do right now? Can you, um, can you tell us? Or, yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Some I, people don't want to tell us. They're like, I screwed up something, but I learned from it and that's why I'm here. It's yeah. like, okay, give no, us the real details. Not a job interview. <laughs> tell me everything. You're not going to fire me if I don't <laughs> say it right. But, um... So I was graduating college as a senior in college, and I didn't really have... There's, like, no grad school for entrepreneurship. No one, like, knows what the next step is. So I applied to an accelerator, which is usually what a lot of, you know, grad school equivalent for entrepreneurs. They give you all the resources. It's an opportunity for you to get some capital and then get your feet on the ground. And there was one particular accelerator I really wanted to get into, um, and I networked with somebody I knew for a bunch of months to try to get into it. It was a really great program for me. And I was, and I got to the final round and I went in and I pitched and I was basically word vomiting a pitch that I had done to like pitch competitions. And that was, I was in a room like this with like four people and I was prepared to like stand up and like formally pitch and they just wanted to have a conversation. And I couldn't because I was like, secret to know when the advertising industry has changed exponentially. Things, you know, like... You're like, we're robotic yeah, right. with what you were going to say. And they like rip me apart. Um, not in an, in an obnoxious way or in a hurtful way, but really just challenging every aspect of my business. And I couldn't defend it because I hadn't thought about it in that way. And it was really the first time it challenged me to say, okay, you've moved on from college. No one's going to treat you like a student anymore. This is the real world. Um, and you need to suck it up because you clearly did not do well here. And it was that like feeling in your stomach when you just know it went so badly and you just wish it didn't happen like that. Right. Um, and I was really vulnerable when I didn't get it because I said, where, where do I, what, what do I do? I don't even know where to start. And by not getting it, it taught me so much about picking myself up and just figuring out everything I possibly could, which was trying to connect with anybody and everybody would have like meetings, nine meetings a day with different people, getting their opinions, adapting the business, introducing me to other people. And if I did have that protective layer of an accelerator, it may have been great, but it also would maybe not have challenged me as much. No, yeah, I think that's a good response. Did, did you come up with that yourself or do you feel like like just your support system was able to, to help you, I don't know. Process it? Yeah, process it, chug along. I feel like I'm the kind of person where I don't want to give like the emotional energy to something that's negative and waste my time. Right. Because I was so upset about it for like two weeks and I just like was kind of paralyzed by it. And I said enough, like I need to just move on with my life. And I think it had to do with having such an amazing support system. But I think all, all great people do. Yeah. 
right? Dahlia has a little bit, right? No, no, you're great, but you're like very focused. She's very focused. No, I'm focused, but when when I'm in the moment, but like when yeah. I I don't know when I'm trying to like get a, a ton of stuff accomplished, that's when I'm I'm like not super focused. Mm. I have to I actually have to write lists. I have to add things to my calendar because it doesn't exist if it's not in the calendar. Like I have to block out yeah. work sessions. Wait, well, how, I do you, agree. how do you stay so organized? Um, I'm like you lists. Like yeah. every day I have to. Do you uh, handwritten or digital? Um, digital. Yeah. So I, do you say you use your notes in your phone? In yeah. my phone, I also have a notebook because I feel like it's a psychological thing. If you're in a meeting, you like writing notes what people say on your phones. That's no, a yeah, it's, it's like it, it's so a I good agree, book. So. But, yeah. but the problem is, and I actually struggle with this. I won't look back at that, or I yeah. won't. I won't take it with me, and I'll, when I need it, it's not accessible. So I almost have to say. I'm sorry. I am actually taking notes on my phone, but I won't look back at it if it's in a notebook. I yeah. don't know. I think, but like, like for me, like I've been in sales meetings or sales mm-hmm. calls, yeah. and like even though I'm, I may not even write anything, I'm just mm-hmm. I have it there. It's like a just a, a mm-hmm. way to like make people think you're actually paying attention, and being serious. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of a move, but it's a move. Like you literally That's why you're just, the sales guy. <laughs> scribble. I have like my name written in. Yeah, I'm just like just like yeah. doing Foursquare or um, yeah. Tic Tac Foursquare. <laughs> Yeah, um, totally lists um, on my phone. For yeah, sure. and then everything has to be on my calendar. So that's oh, the yeah. way I stay focused. Is if I know it's on my calendar, I yeah. only have forty five minutes for this. I have to block it out. It has to get done in this time period. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. There should be an integration into Gmail, GCal, where if I have a meeting here at FIT at whatever time, my next meeting can't be like right behind it if I have to go to the Upper East Side. No, yeah, totally. And it should say, like you need time this stamp. time to get yeah. to the Upper East Side at this it time. Kind of, Don't yeah. block It'll anything. notify you when your meeting's coming that, like, hey, it's going to take 15 in, minutes to get there. Oh, really? It does that, yeah. Mm, it, if you put in the right address. If you put the right address, yeah, yeah. But It'll, you actually have to add the right address. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it does, like, it won't, like, if yeah. you have a meeting after that, it won't, like, hey, like, yeah, you're you actually lying that. yourself because yeah. you're going to be late. It should do that. It should do that. Um, if you can offer one piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, current entrepreneurs, uh, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways you could take this, but I think being persistent. And I and it's such a generic answer in the sense that like, when you get knocked down, get back up. It's not that easy. And it, it shouldn't it's be. It's not. It's not that easy. No. And yeah. people, and I always listen to how I built this and listen to people's struggles. And then it, it seems like they just like make it. Right. And it, it doesn't happen like that. And I definitely not made it. But I, just the process of being able to say, okay, I need to be res- resourceful right now. I can't put myself down. There's going to be some hard days. There's going to be some amazing days. But write the good ones down so you can reflect back on it and say, you know what? Today, I didn't close that deal. I didn't get that investor. This didn't end up working out, but there is an opportunity for something more. So I would just say be a go-getter and actually pave the path for your future and don't ask for people to do it for you because whether you're an entrepreneur or just you want an amazing job and it doesn't exist or they're not hiring you, be persistent and advocate for yourself for what you want and and try your best. I like that. That's a good answer. And then, so we just did an interview before and she has all these life hacks what are some life or even work hacks that you have mm. up your sleeve? I really love that. Example. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I do handwritten thank you notes. Oh, that's cute. I like that. That is cute. I like that. And like, it, it's killer. It really works. I heard this story basically. I, really I never got one. <laughs> Yours is coming. 
You just wait for it. One of my new house professors <laughs> told me he was interviewing this um, woman for a position at an agency, and she he had like seven interviews. It was with her and like the twelve other people she was interviewed by. And the woman went to the lobby after the interview and wrote hand thank you notes to every interviewer and put it in their mailbox that day, so that when they the mail person said whatever, there was a handwritten thank you note to amazing. all of them. And I thought that was yeah. amazing. That's how you get your name out of the pile. Yes. Yeah. That's not really. my hack, but I think that's a great hack. That is a good one. But what's your hack? My hack? It can be life and work. Right? Okay. Or work. So I get really frustrated frustrated when this doesn't happen. When you walk into a meeting with somebody and they're like, so tell me about your business like right away. There's no schmoozing. I think a life hack is like you need to warm people up. Like yeah. even if it's the littlest things like – weather today like something stupid <laughs> yeah like actually I've done that so much. you sorry. have to yeah. because it feels transactional right oh my yeah. god you gotta be human human thing. human yeah, yeah just like the weather is a good one yeah or like where they're from what they're wearing yep something you need to just have like off off topic for sure like just kind of report right yeah really quick i'll just say a quick story i um was applying for this thing for Newhouse, like called Newhouse 44 they connect 44 alums with 44 44 students. is the famous number for our listeners and uh, there was like hundreds of students and the, they pick you up at the door and you sit down and you talk to these people for like six minutes. They grill you and there's no room for schmoozing. And there happened to be, I don't know if anybody knows this, but the mumps, do you know when you're young, you get like the yeah, vaccine the mumps? Measles and the mumps. Yeah. Okay. There was a mumps outbreak at Syracuse. I heard this. Yes. I did so, a campaign for Syracuse, a health PSA for it. But anyway, wow. so I knew today, that day, everybody was shaking hands and like touching each other. And it was like, if you're interviewing somebody, they didn't know that there was the mumps. Right. And I had this interviewer. He was like six, five, like on like this little like brunette girl who he clearly like already made a judgment about. And I said, and I started, I sat down and I went, listen, I know this is totally unprofessional and weird to say, but there's a mom's outbreak at Syracuse and I have Purell in my bag. Can I just give you some? Because I feel like you need some Purell. And he's like, oh my God, I shook so many people's hands today. Thank you so much. And he was like, what are we even talking about right now? Like, you got it. And that stupid thing that just made it personal and human for a second, like, Game changer. Love yeah, that. Totally, totally. changed the conversation. I like that. Mm-hmm. So we stopped doing this, but I want to do it one more time. Um, fill in the blank. What is the XYZ of sales and marketing mean to you? Yeah, I think it's all relationship building, like across the board. You need yeah. to like be human and connect emotionally and personally, and that's what sales is. Like if you don't have a relationship with somebody, I mean, you know that. Like you had to take a million calls and go out to a million bars and schmooze with people before they're going to write you a check yeah. and at the end of the day whether you're pitching to a client or just talking to somebody like it needs to be emotional and personal totally I think this is great it's great yeah thanks you're so impressive. much for being here yeah, thank, thank you, you. thanks yeah. for having me it's so yeah. much fun this was a lot of fun